0: One of the joys of Compline is the opportunity to encounter God's Word and God's presence in a a fresh way, uh, in a different way. And I want us this year uh, to really read God's Word, uh, to allow it to speak deeply to us. So we're going to read one verse each time very, very slowly. Uh, This verse comes from Psalm 34. You can either read the words as they appear on the screen or uh, sit in silence with your eyes shut and just receive them. But let's hear God's words tonight. The verse begins with these words. The Lord. (coughs) Think about who that is. The Lord is close. Just hear that tonight. The Lord is close. <coughs> the Lord is close to the broken hearted. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that as we draw near to you now, you're not a God who is far, but you're a God who is close. Thank you, Lord, that your heart goes out to the brokenhearted, that whether we come here tonight just with energy for you and expectation or with a heavy and a hurting heart, I thank you that you are close. I thank you that you are a God who can save, who can lift, who can reach, who can rescue. Especially those who are crushed. Those who are crushed in spirit. So, Father God, as we draw near, we simply pray, would you help us to be aware of your presence? We just pause to acknowledge your presence among us, your promise that you're a God who is close, you're a God who cares, and you're a God who can save. So tonight, Lord, would you take hold of our lives? Would you meet us here and lift us, we pray. However we're feeling, whatever kind of a heart we bring, would you hold it, Lord, in the palm of your hands and speak to each and every one of us tonight, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The cross uh, that's on the platform with me tonight, there's certain lights on it, and it's casting these long shadows behind it, and that's kind of how we approach the cross, isn't it? We come and think about its uh, its implications for us, its impact, its effects for us. But tonight, I want us to come and stand uh, in the other shadow, the shadow that was cast forward uh, over Jesus. And it's true that throughout his life, Jesus was aware of his purpose, aware of his calling. But as the cross gets closer and closer, that comes into full view and comes into full clarity. And we're going to join Jesus now in our reading uh, when he's draped in the shadow of the cross. I'm going to come and read together from Matthew chapter 26. Uh, Esme's going to read it for us uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane.
1: chapter 26 this is 36 to 56 Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane and he said to them sit here while I go over there and pray he took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him and he began to be sorrowful and troubled then he said to them my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow He asked Peter, watch and pray that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away a second time and prayed, my father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. Then he came back, he again found them sleeping While he was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, arrived. With him was a large crowd, armed with swords and clubs, sent from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now the betrayer had arranged a signal with them. The one I kiss is the man. Arrest him. Going at once to Jesus, Judas said, Greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. Jesus replied, Do what you came for, friend. Then the men stepped forward, seized Jesus, and arrested him. With that, one of Jesus' companions reached for his sword, drew it out, and struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his ear. Put your sword back in its place, Jesus said to him, for all who draw the sword will die by the sword. Do you think I cannot call on my father? and he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels. But how then would the scriptures be fulfilled that say it must happen in this way? At that hour, Jesus said to the crowd, Am I leading a rebellion? You have come out with swords and clubs to capture me. Every day I sat in the temple courts teaching, and you did not arrest me. But this has all taken place that the writings of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples deserted him and fled.
0: It wouldn't be a church service without a microphone, not quite being on when you needed it to with it. I don't know about you, but I think of all the aspects of this weekend, there is something devastating for me about Gethsemane. As we watch Jesus agonize, wrestle, struggle, it's not an easy place for me to visit, I don't know about you, and there will be more darkness yet to come on this journey, but this moment is so painful, is so raw. I don't know if any of you have ever had the experience of having your, your hand trapped uh, in a door. It's happened to me once. It's a horrible, horrible feeling. It just feels incredibly claustrophobic, if nothing else. And then all the pain rushes. through. I've also seen it happen to somebody else. I don't know if, you, if, you've, if you've had that experience. But to be crushed is a terrifying thought, isn't it? A terrifying feeling. I was thinking this year about Compline and I was looking into Gethsemane and where the the garden itself gets its name from. Uh, The name comes from two ancient Greek words, but it literally means the crushing place. Uh, The garden is full of, of olive trees and I guess at one point there was an olive press there somewhere and uh, basically the olives were were taken from the trees and and placed on stone and then a large millstone was placed on top with a piece of wood going through it and a donkey would hold one end of this and, and grind it down and the pressure, the weight would crush the oil out of the olives and leave this sort of pulp behind, the crushing place and it's there in Gethsemane, the crushing place, when Jesus asks his disciples, stay and pray with me, because my soul, he says, is overwhelmed with grief, to the point of death. And the word for overwhelmed in the Greek means to be crushed. Just like those olives that surrounded them, Jesus says, I'm I'm being crushed here to the point of death. I don't know if you've ever been so sad. So sorrowful, you thought you were gonna die. But that's where Jesus is tonight in Gethsemane. To the point of death, this crushing. And some of it I can understand, I can identify with. The thought of everything that's about to happen in the next couple of hours and over the next day. He will have no sleep until he is nailed to the cross. He will be beaten. He will be mocked, there'll be trials. He will be flogged, and the thought of the physical agony of everything that's about to happen would, would crush you. Jesus says, stay and watch for me. I'm, I'm being crushed by the thought of this. Then there's the humiliation of it, of having a garrison of soldiers strip you naked, and then a cross beam placed on your shoulders to carry through the streets of, of Jerusalem. For a crowd that's come to watch for the spectacle, you can understand, can't you, why the thought of that would crush you. And then there's things that I guess I don't understand. Everything that will happen to him on the cross, he will be judged guilty. He who knew no sin will become sin for us so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. The hands that inscribed the Ten Commandments on tablets of stone, the Holy One who's never done, thought, said anything wrong or wanted to, will open those hands and those palms will take the nails of judgment for us, of punishment for us. And the thought of exchanging his holiness for the shame of our guilt. Jesus, who has never murdered, will feel the shame of a murderer. Jesus, who has never committed adultery, will feel the shame of adultery. Who has never lied, will feel the shame of a liar, your shame and mine. Jesus will embrace all of that and the thought of that crushes him. If only the thought of sin crushed me like it crushed Jesus, life would be very different. And then in being judged for us, Jesus will experience for the first time in all of his existence, in all of eternity, separation from the Father. To be judged guilty is to be cast out of God's presence. And we hear it, don't we, every time we read that passage on the cross. The the pain of it was not the nails. It was the, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And Jesus knows that that abandonment, that forsakenness is coming. He will be forsaken so that you and I never have to be. He will be judged guilty so that in him our guilt can be paid for and we can be judged innocent but the the thought of it crushes jesus and he prays in the garden if there is any other way and the silence from heaven gives him his reply there is no other way There's no one else good enough. There's no one else true enough. No one else pure enough. It has to be this way. So after agonizing three times, Jesus says, Nevertheless, Father, not my will, but yours be done. What a Savior we have. What a friend. What a hope. And tonight I want us to enter into something of that. The Bible tells us that the thought of the cross and all that it means crushes Jesus so much that as he prays, he sweats drops of blood. This is a a real medical condition. It happens in extreme times of of stress and anxiety. The body just can't handle it. It's got to come out somehow. And Jesus experiences that extremeness of this moment. So what I'd love us to do tonight, in the center of our room, there's a bowl, just a a, red ribbon. I'd love you to come and just to write on that ribbon something of who Jesus is, uh, of who he means to you. And then once you've done that, I'm going to invite you to come uh, and to simply crush that. Isaiah, as he foresaw this moment, tells us That he was pierced for our iniquities. He was crushed for our failures. And then to come and to stand in the shadow of the cross. (coughs) and Simply to drop these like like drops of blood uh, on the floor. He who was in very nature God made himself nothing for you and for me. One of the amazing things about this moment is that Jesus is so disappointed that the disciples can't pray with him. It's an amazing thought, isn't it? Jesus knows, I just need someone to pray with me, and it might be tonight that you're in a place where you need someone to pray with you. And so I want to offer a really simple invitation. If, as you come and stand here, you'd like someone just to pray really simply with you, just quietly where you are, and just extend your hands. And I'd love to come and stand with you and pray with you. So let me pray, and then as and when you're ready, come and take a ribbon, come and write on it, something of who Jesus is, and then stand here and crush it and drop it. And if you'd like anyone to pray with you, just open your hands, and I'd love to pray. Lord Jesus, here in the garden, as we watch with you, as we wait with you, we see something of your agony. And Lord Jesus, we just thank you so much. That you would be willing to bear that, to bear the pain and the shame, the horror and the separation, to to be judged, you who knew no sin, and might we see something afresh of your love for us in this. We pray, Lord, that in this you would meet us, that in this you would speak to us, that here at the foot of your cross you would minister that love to us. As we come, would you come? As we pray, would you stand with us? And might we know more of you, more of your grace, more of your ways. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So there'll be some music playing. Please come as and when you're ready to, to write. And then in a few moments we'll sing together. But that's not a sign that we're out of time. Please feel free to do that as others stand and sing. But come as and when you're ready.